The following information is not for air. For the next several Rain Hamcast podcasts, we're conducting an experiment that may affect you whether you're narrowcasting this audio service on Simplex or a network that requires more frequent pauses. This Rain podcast will provide a six-second break every three minutes, plus or minus timer pause, for those who need to unkey to reset a timer. Now your input will determine whether we continue with the customary ID break before 10 minutes or the timer breaks every 3 minutes. You'll have two RAIN podcast formats. Choose the one you would prefer we use, the one with the customary break every 10 minutes or the timer format that will pause every 3 minutes, plus or minus. The RAIN Hamcast podcast begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This is Rain Hamcast number 61, posted February 19th, 2022, voiced by Will Rogers, K5WLR. Had I known that you were going to have to spend an hour for every minute of audio, I probably would have blown the whole idea off. The voice of Rain's founder and producer, Hap Holly, KC9RP, expressing his regret at cajoling YouTube content creator Tom Shimizu, N9JDI, into adding video to the Rain Hamcast podcasts. In the fall of 2021, Hap sought the expansion of the Rain Hamcast listenership by adding a static video element to the Rain Report channel on YouTube. To Hap, combining audio with video seemed a pretty straightforward process until he had a heart-to-heart talk with Tom in January 2022 during which Hap learned about the challenges Tom faces adding video to Hap's audio Rain Hamcasts on YouTube. This is our second and final excerpt from their Zoom conversation. When you started putting this video component with the audio, and audio, of course, is all I've known, I wonder perhaps if you didn't think it was going to take so much time. Honestly, I think if we were going to stick to just posting the audio and keeping an image of your brand and the title and a short blurb about what the Hamcast is about, as I said earlier, that takes no more than an hour per episode to do. I could commit that. Where the time commitment comes in is when we want to start adding visual elements to it. In a typical production, and what I've found to not just be my own stuff, but it seems to be uh, at least a content creator standard, is expect to commit about an hour per minute of an audio-video production. At least one done what people would call well. I sound like a snob when I speak to about this. I'm not an artsy, fartsy kind of guy. My approach is I've watched a lot of content that's very well done as far as what they're trying to convey. The person is obviously very knowledgeable. The concept of what they're trying to convey is very solid. I don't watch that content if the audio quality is poor, if the visuals don't change, right? And this isn't just me. One thing I've learned that's very interesting about YouTube is when you create a channel, you get access to a lot of metrics, a lot of measurements that show how many people not only viewed a particular video, but how long did they stick around? And it's interesting to see, and a lot of content creators will show examples of good content that maybe has poor production quality. By that, I mean poor audio quality, poor video quality, poor lighting, poor visual engagement and stuff like that. And you'll get 100,000 views, but by the 30-second mark, 70% of them have left. As opposed to a high production quality piece of content, 
same 100,000 views, you know, 75% of them will stay and actually watch that whole thing. And to me, that's very fascinating. And so when I create content, when I think about whether it's my own or even for others like you, I really want to strive for that. And in my mind, to accomplish that, it requires a lot of commitment to the visual aspect of it. Because you think about it, audio, video production, video is 50%. <laughs> You've got audio is 50%, video is 50%. If you don't get that 50% done well, then in my mind, I very much am a person that likes to take pride in my work. And not being able to do that very well with full commitment can be frustrating. So I think we could still succeed with your hamcast on YouTube with focusing on the audio and not potentially distracting people with what they might perceive as a video element. But the moment we introduce a couple elements of video, I believe that people will turn their head, look at their screen and say, oh, this has a video element. I'm going to watch it now and not just listen to it because I'll play podcasts on YouTube or on a podcast streamer or anything like that through my headphones while I'm doing dishes or doing a chore and I'll listen to it. And that's very engaging. And I enjoy that very much. But if there's a visual element, then suddenly I feel compelled to watch it too. And if dedicating that time to watching something proves to be a less than good experience, then you probably lose the audience. So that's why I think we need to do it one way or the other. And again, I could be totally wrong. Different people have different tastes, but for the way I approach it, focus on the audio or focus on the total package, audio and video. And that means doing video well. And that means committing a lot of time to it. Had I known from the beginning that you were going to have to spend an hour for every minute of audio, I probably would have blown the whole idea off. That's just an amazing amount of time, especially when you're not getting paid for it. Well, you know, to be honest, when I say that's sort of a standard benchmark, that includes the production, the recording of the videos, the compiling of all the stuff, the stitching it together in the storyline. Some of the pictures, for example, that I've received from your guests, yeah, they're pictures, but maybe they're crooked. So I'm going into Photoshop and, and rotating it and straightening it out and scaling it to the size of the video and stuff like that. So all these little details. And not everyone does this. As a matter of fact, I would venture to guess that a vast majority of amateur content creators out there on YouTube don't do stuff like this. I was brought up, if you're going to do something, do it well. And that's just something I can't seem to get away from. And so if you send me an image, or if I take a picture myself to incorporate into a piece of content, then I'm going to be looking at it and enhancing it, making sure it's straight, making sure that it fits the video aspect ratio making sure that if the quality of the image isn't good enough, then I'll touch it up in a photo editing software, little things like that. And dare I say, I'm flattered beyond words sometimes that the comments in my own videos sometimes reflect, you know, hey, the quality, the production value of your content is really good. And that's why you know, some people watch my stuff. And so when it comes to assisting in your content half, I want to, but just cannot bring that same level to the video half of a handcast. Listening to what you're saying about what is involved in the video element of one of my rain hamcasts, I'm amazed that you do it because of both how much time it takes to do it right and to know what to do or what not to do. You're talking about you don't want to have too much of a video element. That makes sense, but the majority of my listeners are just that, listeners, listening to it either off the website and as a podcast. I was reminded the other day that, you know, people don't necessarily go to or remember to go to a website. 
anymore. That's one of the things that I like about YouTube as a content vehicle is because, and I'll use my own experience, I subscribe on YouTube to channels whose content I enjoy. And when they post regularly, when you choose the way YouTube works, when you choose to subscribe to someone's channel, then you'll receive, or you can receive if you elect to, notifications when new content is available. You're listening to Hap Holly KC9RP and YouTube content creator Tom Shimizu N9JDI sharing their thoughts about the challenge of adding static video to the Rain Hamcast podcast on the YouTube Rain Report channel. This is Rain Hamcast podcast number 61, posted February 19th, 2022. I'm Will Rogers, K5WLR. We'll be right back. And then from an end user point of view, the user experience is quite streamlined. It's like, oh, notification. Hat put up some new content on the Hamcast. Click on that. And now you're there. I find that extremely practical and very convenient for my own viewing habits. And I think that's one of the benefits that we can leverage by having your content on YouTube. If some people are just more comfortable in YouTube, if they're watching other things on that platform anyway, and suddenly they're made aware that there's a new piece of content from you, the number of steps that you have to take in order to access that content is very few. And that's what I think makes or breaks a lot of things. How do you remove barriers to access? No one's going to want to try to remember a website or, or go through 17 steps just to listen to something, you know, referring back to that short attention span. I'm not calling people lazy, but I think everyone can probably relate to the fact that you don't want to do a lot of work just to enjoy something. I think YouTube as a platform for you works well. Again, I think there's a couple of things that can work well in this case. One, let's continue to serve up the audio and not distract people with the video in which case I'm more than capable of continuing to support that for my own schedule. We can swing the pendulum all the way the other way and you would be producing the audio and then someone else would need to produce a video element to it and then combine those two in order to make a complete audio video production of a caliber and quality that either you or whomever deem fit. Or what we've tried a little bit, Hap, you and I, is in order to keep the time commitment minimal and where that time commitment comes into play is locating all the visual contents to complement a thing. If the video or picture elements are provided and if there's a notation that says, you know what, I want picture A to come in at timestamp one minute and 13 seconds and last for 20 seconds from an editor point of view, from my seat, that dramatically streamlines the process, right? Because now I have a repository of visual assets and a recipe for lack of better words, saying that I want this picture to start at this point and last for 15 seconds, right? Those are the parameters that will dictate and govern how to put together a piece of audio video content. Short of that, it's up to the creator, in this case, where I've tried to help to identify what visual elements should be placed where, how long should they last. And a lot of that's dictated by how many different visual elements are at your disposal. The trap that I fall into, and this is in no way a reflection on you, Hap, I would love to have a great visual element to it. My personal preference, my workflow, is to have more than enough visual elements than I need so I can pick from them and have a visually engaging story. Where I find myself, in our case, is too few visual elements and trying to figure out where to place them. That part's not too hard. 
but where I get stuck in my own head, and I think this is more on me than anyone else, is thinking, gosh, we introduced a picture. It's a good picture. It complements the audio, but it lasts a minute and a half. Is that really going to be engaging? And that's where I, I feel compelled to seek out and add some more visual elements or something else to help make that, to my earlier point, visually engaging. I'll summarize, basically. I think we can do the production with just the audio. And you said most of your audience are listeners. YouTube is just another vehicle for someone to listen to the content. I do this often. There's several channels that I subscribe to that really don't have a visual element. It's what I described earlier. It's an audio. It's a podcast with just a brand. And so I don't watch it. I listen to it. And that'll be through my phone, on headphones, while I'm doing something. And then there's the opposite. There's other content that I'll watch and listen to. And if it's not visually engaging as well as audio engaging then it's difficult to retain an audience. I find myself wavering. Do I continue the video component of what I do, knowing that you don't have the time as much as you might want to have it? One's occupation, one's job kind of comes in first. If it takes that much time for you, which I can't appreciate because I can't see it, of course. Then I have to wonder, wait a minute, who else is going to have time? I'm lucky I ran into you at the recommendation of a friend of mine, because otherwise I would still be doing just audio, which is what I've been doing for more than 30 years. First with the RAIN report and now with the RAIN ham test. And the fact that we have limited time on the calendar as well. Right. YouTube as a platform can still serve you well, regardless of how we approach it. Again, it's my opinion that the two best ways to approach it, at least from an audience's perspective, would be to keep the audio as is and let the viewers know by experience that the audio is all they're going to get from it. I don't mean that disparagingly. There's a number of very successful channels out there that serve audio only via YouTube as a vehicle. That's one recipe, I think, for success. Basically, treat the Rain Handcast on YouTube exactly as you would a podcast with the expectation that the audience would be listening, not viewing. Or you could treat it as a audio video platform, in which case I believe that the recipe for success is to have enough engaging video elements to complement the audio. And that's where a good amount of time can be spent identifying, stitching together and putting together that full production. And so if we want to go with the latter, then yes, perhaps if any of your listeners out there either do this for a profession or are more capable, competent and fast than myself, or if they have the time and just would like to do that as a work of passion, then yeah, I would certainly welcome the help, right? Because putting together that audiovisual production is what can take some time. Your last guest was gracious enough to volunteer his time to putting together a video element. And as we both heard via the correspondence, it was a lot of time. <laughs> and when I was looking at it, he did a very good job. And it was basically a lot of the solar cycle images and videos of the sun just kind of continuously looped through with a smattering of images that complemented a particular subject matter that was being discussed at the time. And I can appreciate where he's coming from when he said, oh my gosh, this took a lot of time. Otherwise, if we just want to do the audio element of it, then I think we can continue as we're doing, but maybe reboot a little bit and say, from here on out, 
the YouTube version of the Hamcast will consist of the same thing that's on the podcast on the website, the audio only, and it'll be a single static image of the brand, the title, maybe a blurb describing what it's about that can endure. I would also suggest that on the YouTube version, we don't necessarily need the station identification break because a typical consumer of a YouTube-based content is just going to listen. What I would suggest is that on each one of the videos, we provide a link to the actual podcast version of it. And that would be the audio file that people could use. I think that's just, it comes with some deliberate and thoughtful approach to, if you want to do this, do that. Otherwise, you know, here's when you can get what you get. And as we're speaking, Hap, I actually pulled up your channel and was looking at some of the comments. I'm going to venture to guess that a lot of the folks that are listening to your content on YouTube are probably mostly listening. I haven't conveyed this to you yet, but here's a couple of examples of comments. Thanks for this, Hap. Learning a lot from this channel. Thank you, Hap. Really informative. Great interview. I really enjoy the scanner guys. I'm also a member of Karma 73. I think folks are listening to it, which is great. The more we can make the user experience, the more we can set the expectation that this is something to listen to, not necessarily listen to and watch. Again, in my opinion, managing viewer expectations and giving them a positive experience to me is important. The moment we introduce a video element, that's when they start to think, okay, I need to watch this. And if you don't deliver on what they're watching, which is where I find the challenge doing it well, then you fail to meet those expectations. If it were up to me, I would suggest treating your YouTube channel like you would a podcast and sticking to the audio. And I think from a branding point of view, your brand, I think most professionals would say having some consistency behind the quality and the expectations of your brand is important. So it would be difficult to honor that if you've got a hodgepodge of content coming from different creators into that one production. I would go back and just say, let's treat it as a podcast. Let's just focus on the audio put up your branding and maybe some text or a description of the episode on the screen so that viewers can just say, okay, that's good. I know what it is. I'm going to listen to it from here on out. And that concludes our second and final excerpt from a Zoom conversation between Rain Hamcast podcast producer, Hap Holly, KC9RP, and Tom Shimizu, N9JDI, a YouTube content creator who has been adding static video to the Rain Report channel on YouTube for HAP. Listeners to the Rain Report channel on YouTube can expect to see simpler use of static video in the future. Copyright 1985-2022, Rain. All rights reserved. Rain programming is made available under a Creative Commons license. Rain Hamcast number 62 will post March 5th, 2022.